0: On this week's episode, the Eastern Conference race is coming down to the wire. With just a handful of games left, who's going to make the playoffs? I'll take a look at that and much more on Check the Scoreboard. All right, y'all. Welcome in to episode 31 of Check the Scoreboard podcast, man. Thank you all so much for tuning in every week. And... It's a it's a wonderful time right now. Uh, you know, we're in the month of April, uh, which means a, a lot of things, most importantly, in the sports world. We're about to enter the playoffs uh, in basketball. Um, playoffs start 10 days from today, 10 days from from April 4th to April 14th. A lot of things, a lot of things are coming down to the wire here. But not only that, we we we're now officially in the baseball season. So the MLB season has kicked off um, and now we're actually officially kicking off the minor league baseball season today as well. So uh, a lot of things going on. We've got hockey. They're coming down to their races, and, and they're about to end their playoff season. The NFL draft is is this month. The WNBA season kicks off really soon. Um, so, I mean, it's just it's just a lot going on. So it's, it's a wonderful time of the year. Like I said last week, this is kind of like the golden age of the year um, when we're getting into a lot of sports at, at the same time. And it's the same way in the fall. Uh, once we hit football, baseball, basketball season, uh, there, there's a small period there when we when we hit all of those. And I think hockey season as well. Um, but I mean, it's just the Masters are coming up and you've got tennis. Uh, just a lot of things going on. Just a lot, you know, a lot to pay attention to NASCAR. Uh, so it's a it's a wonderful time. But uh, this is a basketball podcast. And so we're going to focus in on basketball and we're going to jump into that just and and first things first, right off the top. Of course, we're going to address the Eastern Conference race, right? Because we, I mean, there's no way that we we can address it. Uh, five of the eight teams in the Eastern Conference have already clinched a playoff spot, and that and that's Milwaukee, Toronto, Philadelphia, Boston, Indiana. There's the five teams who have clinched. Uh, seedings haven't been exactly set. You know, uh, let's see. Milwaukee has four games left. They're 58 and 20. Uh, they they have four games left, so they could potentially still drop from first to second in the standings. Uh, So that one and two seed isn't locked up for, for either team as you know, neither is the three, four or five. I mean, Philadelphia is only, they're only two, they're only two and a half games up on, on Boston and Indiana right now, Boston and Indiana are tied. uh, They have the same record, but Boston owns the tiebreaker because they won the season series. So if the season were to end today, Indiana would have to travel to Boston to play them and, and, you know, to start to open the playoffs. Whereas just a week ago, Boston would have had to travel to Indiana, um, you know, and things like that. So, uh, seating hasn't been determined, but these teams have at least clinched the playoff spot. Now teams who are looking to clinch and it's going to come down to the very last day. I believe the very final game, because these teams are also close. It's still between Detroit, Brooklyn, Orlando, Miami, and Charlotte. Um, Kimball Walker keeping that Charlotte team alive. They're thirty six and forty two, so that's what that's seventy eight as well. So they have four games left. Um, theoretically, if you know Detroit and Brooklyn or, or in Orlando or Miami, all these teams keep losing. I mean, you look at it. Detroit and, and Brooklyn have lost two games in a row, so they're on losing streaks. Um, and Orlando has pulled dead even with Brooklyn. Uh, If not for Brooklyn owning the season tiebreaker, Brooklyn would be in eighth and Orlando would be seventh. Um, Miami, just a day ago, a couple of days ago, Miami was in eighth. And then they all of a sudden, they lost two games in a row and now Orlando's back ahead. Um, And so this is what I was talking about a month ago when I took a look at, you know, at this Eastern Conference from six through eight uh, in terms of just anything could happen. And really not even six through eight, but six through ten. just how you know Charlotte could jump back in it. You know they they weren't out of it. They could they could get back in it. But Miami and Orlando would be the the race to really watch for eight. And then you had Detroit and Brooklyn uh, for probably six or seven. But now it's looking like all these teams are on edge. Um, Detroit four and six in their last ten games. Brooklyn three and seven in their last ten games. Brooklyn just came off of that really tough Western Conference road stretch uh, where they. You know they weren't as successful as they probably wanted to be. Um, they went three and five out on the road in, in in the Western Conference, or two and two and five rather. And then they came home and they and or not home, but they came back to the you know the East Coast and and lost to Philly to wrap up a, a really bad um, a really bad you know road stretch. Um, and it's just continued. They haven't been able to to win, and they in and, and and it's showing. Despite D'Angelo Russell having another fantastic, you know, twenty-point quarter, he had a twenty-point quarter the other night in the third quarter against uh, against their opponent when they played when they played Boston, but it wasn't enough. And then they lose to the Bucks. Uh, or actually, it was Monday night against uh, the Bucks that he had the he had the twenty-point third quarter, but it wasn't enough. Um, and then, you know, they beat the Celtics on Saturday, which was a big win. You know, it was an important win. Um, but then they lose Monday to the Bucks and then they lose Wednesday last night to the Raptors. So, um, and they've got to play the Bucks again on Saturday and then they've got Indiana and then they've got the heat, which depending on how these next two games go. So they have three games left, uh, depending on how these next two games go with, with Milwaukee and Indiana, this heat game could really be their playing game could be, all right. If, uh, Brooklyn doesn't win that game, they're they're probably, they might be out of the playoffs. Uh, That's, that's just what it's looking like. And then when you look at what Detroit has left, because I mean, they're not in the clear either. They've still got, they still got Oklahoma city. They've still got Charlotte they've still got Memphis and they've still got to play the Knicks. So a, a bit easier for them because, uh, I mean, they, they end with the Knicks, but they, they still have to play Oklahoma City. They have to play Charlotte. Uh, Kimba is willing his team. He's keeping them in the race. I mean, what he scored, like he scored like 87% of his of the starters points the other night, um, which was like the highest percentage since uh, like. I don't know, in forever, like since they've been keeping track of that, Um so, you know, Charlotte's not going to be out of it. I mean, as long as they have Kemba, he's going to keep them in it. Uh, and that's going to be a, a tricky game for for Detroit. They have to win that. Then Memphis is not a rollover team. Memphis, they're in this weird stage where they don't – like they're not tanking because they still have some really good players on their team. So they're not really rebuilding, but also like they they're not really good enough to – to be a competitor, so they're kind of like in this limbo, but they've got a team to spoil to spoil your season. Um, if Detroit loses that Memphis game, we could be looking at them falling out of the playoffs, or even fall into an eight seed, um, having to go to Milwaukee to open to open up. You know their their playoff season, their their postseason. Um, they should beat the Knicks. I, I know it's the NBA, and anyone can beat anyone. Uh, you know anything could happen you know we've seen crazier things happen um, like the Suns being up like 30 points on the Celtics I mean they they lost that game but we've seen crazier things happen like that but this Detroit team should be able to beat the Knicks if they for some reason they can't maybe it's just a lack of, of focus or, or what uh, but if they lose if they lose that Knicks game they better hope they better hope that they're in good position uh, to, to be in to be in the race because if not it's going to be it's going to be some real scary times um in Detroit and Dwayne Casey's first year uh, and Blake Griffin's best year of his career um, in terms of points and just rebounds and and just just his level of play has just been amazing it's been great just in one full season with Andre Drummond uh Blake's he's played better than he did in any season in LA uh, and that was with Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan and, and J.J. Reddick, guys like that surrounding him. So um, it would be a shame to not get Blake in the playoffs and and to have his season end the way that it would. Um, But I I don't think that's going to happen. And then when you look at Orlando, they've got Atlanta, they've got Boston, and they've got Charlotte. So they beat the Knicks Wednesday, all right? They've got to play Atlanta. That's not an easy game. Atlanta has been. They just beat the Bucks, and they just beat the Seventy Sixers last night. Um, granted, when they beat the Bucks, Giannis didn't play, uh, you know, for rest, obviously. Um, and Milwaukee didn't play one other one other starter. I don't think Chris Middleton played either. Um, but nonetheless, the Hawks still beat. They still beat the Bucks, uh, even without you know their MVP candidate and and their other all-star. So this isn't a rollover game. Trey Young's having a fantastic year. You know, he's inserted his name into that, you know, that rookie of the year conversation uh, with Luka. And, you know, um, he's just gotten better every single month. He's making the adjustments. He's keeping his teammates involved while making, you know, while getting his scoring up. Um, He's up near 20 points per game. And averaging somewhere around like seven assists per game. Um, he just became the youngest, you know, or he just became the first uh, player under twenty years old to to record like over six hundred assists in a season. Um, so he's getting people involved. He's scoring the basketball, and he's becoming a leader. Uh, he's He's becoming a leader of this Hawks team, and that's not gonna be an easy game for Orlando. And then you talk about from that game going to Boston um Boston's got a lot to play for they're playing for seeding they can still get the three spot so that's not going to be an easy game they're not going to just roll over and rest Kyrie or or Gordon Hayward who's been playing a lot better by the way uh Gordon Hayward has they're not just going to rest guys like Tatum they're not going to rest Brown so you're going to have to go in there with your five and they're going to have to beat their five and then they end the season with Charlotte depending on how Charlotte's season turns out you know this Charlotte could be in the mix they could be playing you know to make the playoffs but um, you know, by that April 10th game, we could know, we could know just exactly where we stand in terms of, uh, if, if this team wins this game, they're in, if this team loses this game, they're out. Um, and that's just, and that's why this last month has been so important. That's why Orlando being able to beat teams like the Grizzlies and the 76ers and the heat, um, especially the heat, you know, when they, when they faced up, um, you know, they lose to the Raptors, and but they beat the Pacers. So um, that's why it's been so important that they win these games. Uh, it matters when you when you get down to the end of the season uh, and you're like, wow, one or, one or two wins here or there, and we're in the playoffs, and that's how you look at it. And then taking a look at what Miami has, Miami's got Minnesota, they've got Toronto, they've got Philadelphia, and they've got Brooklyn. So they've got to play another team in this race. They've got to play Philadelphia, who might be resting players by then, um, by that April 9th game. They've got to play Toronto, who might be resting players by that April 7th game. Um, but they've just got to take care of business. It's just like the other teams. They've got to, And then when they meet Brooklyn at the, you know, in the final game, they've got to be ready to battle. And then when you look at Charlotte, who they've got left, they've got Toronto, they've got Detroit, they've got Cleveland, and they've got Orlando. Um, so it's a must-win for them. They have to win every game. To make sure that they stay in, because they're so far out of it. They're so far back. You know, they're at most three games back. Charlotte is, and they are. Well, they're they're only a half game back of Orlando for that eight seed. No, they're not. They're twenty. They're, they're three. They're three back. They're two and a half back. So Charlotte has. They can't afford to lose. Um, really, they can't. They can't lose. Any game, they can't afford to. If these other teams are winning, uh, because once that happens, they're eliminated. Um, they need to beat Toronto. They have to beat Detroit. They especially need to beat that that Detroit game and that Orlando Magic game. They have to win those. If these other teams keep losing, the same night that the Hornets play, they've got to win. They lose one game, they're out. They're they're toast. They're done. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be able to make it because they they won't be able to mathematically make the ground up, um, unless they win these these head to head matchups. If they lose this Pistons game, that's gonna be a blow to their season and that's gonna down them. Um, and if by some chance they're still in it because Orlando hasn't been winning either, um, and they they lose that game or, or whatever, then I mean obviously their season is of course over. But they, I mean with with two out of the four with two out of the four games left. Coming up against playoff teams or teams who are in front of them, who who are within reach, they have to win these games because if they don't, we're gonna have to we're gonna be talking about getting Kemba out of Charlotte and into a new city, um, like Phoenix maybe. Um, but just we, we'll be thinking about it because Kemba's too good of a player to just not be in the playoffs, you know, perennially. Um, and it always happens like that. It always happens. We're always talking about those guys whose teams they just they just weren't good enough for us to get to see them in the playoffs. Um, and Kemba's been on that so far. He's been on a Charlotte team that's only been to the playoffs maybe like three out of his seven years, I think, Kemba's been in the league. Not even that, maybe. I think he's only been to the playoffs twice. Um, he was in last year, and I think he was in um, three years ago. Uh, so he's only been to playoffs like twice and we got to get Kim to the playoffs more because I mean, we know how good of a player he is. We know what he can score. We know what, you know, we, we know what he brings to the table. Um, and that Charlotte franchise hasn't been able to get it done. Um, so we got to figure it out and that's just what it is. But that's, that's the Eastern conference race. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to address the Western conference race, uh, because they do have some interesting things going on on their front. Um, not quite as interesting as this Eastern Conference, but uh, interesting in their own right. So uh, st- stick around. More Check the scoreboard coming up after this. All right, y'all. Welcome in. Welcome in to uh, segment two. Or I said welcome back, rather, not welcome in. We're going to address the Western Conference race here in, in this part. Um, part one was for the Eastern Conference and then And we're going to spend part two talking about the Western Conference. And so all teams have clinched uh, in the West, which means uh, Sacramento is unfortunately out. Uh, They can't make the playoffs. Minnesota's going to miss the playoffs after making it last year. Uh, And it's really been a disappointing season for Minnesota 35 and 43 so far. Um, You know, they're seven and a half games back of of the eighth place Spurs. Really expected Minnesota to be in the race, to be in the mix down towards the end, and that just hasn't happened. And Sacramento has been a surprise. And what I would love to see from the Sacramento team is I would love to see them finish either at 500 or above. So if they can just win, um, if they can just win, you know, two out of their last three games. No, not even that. It would be cool to see them win three out of their last four. They've got Cleveland, Utah, New Orleans. In Portland, they can beat Cleveland and New Orleans for sure. Um, that Utah game, they might be able to pull out. And by the Portland game, Portland might be resting because they might already know where they're going to seed and it's not going to matter, that they might be able to beat Portland. So I would love to see Sacramento finish above five hundred. This would be the the best season that they've had in a long time. Actually, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up because I want to know uh, the last time that they've even had a season like this uh, potentially where they stand now um, they're 38 and 40 this would be this would be the best season they've had well i guess since it's, it's already better than the 2016-17 season they won 32 games that year, that year it's already better than the 2015-16 season they won 33 games that year um so this would be the wow this would be the best season since 2007-2008 that year they went thirty-eight and forty-four, and they've already got thirty-eight wins now. Um, so I would love to see them finish strong. I would love to see them, you know, pull out to be able to win throughout their last four to finish above five hundred. That's what I would like to see. If they can get to forty-two and uh, winning three out of their last four would, would give them that would that would be five hundred. So that would be forty-one and forty-one. If they went all four, that would be fantastic. To be forty-two and forty, that would be fantastic. Uh, but if they end forty-one and forty-one, that would be the best season. That would be the the first season they finished five hundred or above since two thousand five, two thousand six. That was the last year they made the playoffs uh, with Rick Adelman as their head coach. Um, incredible. Brad Miller was on that team. He had the he had the best win share on that team at eight at nine point one. Um, But they went 44-38 and in 2005-2006, and that's the last time they've had a a 500 or better record. Every every year since then, every year since then. So 2006-2007, season on. They've only won 30 games, two, three, four times. Well, five times counting this year. And they haven't gotten it done. So, um, yeah, this, I mean... I'm rooting for you, Sacramento. I'm rooting for it. But when you look at the when you look at the top eight, when you just when you concise it down and you and we're taking a look at the teams who made the playoffs, and now we're just talking about seeding, You've got Golden State, Denver, Houston, Portland, Utah, the Clippers, Thunder, and the Spurs. Um, none of these are set. None of these are set in stone. We just had the duel the other night between Golden State and 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 Denver, and Golden State smacked Denver. Um and I do mean smacked. So besides the first game that these two played against each other where Denver completely blasted Golden State, uh, it's been Golden State the last three. So um yeah, I mean, it's that's I mean Golden State hadn't they just put their foot on their necks and hadn't hadn't let hadn't let off. Um Houston still in play to get that two seed. Um because they're only a game and a half back of, of Denver for that two seed. and with the, the number of games we have left, it's attainable. Um, but they could also fall as far as probably five I think with with what we've got left they could fall as far as five uh, Portland's a half game behind behind uh, Houston they're two games ahead of, of Utah uh, in that four spot you know they're about to get CJ McCollum back. they played actually really well without CJ. So since CJ's injury, um, against it came against. Was it that it was that Detroit game where he hurt his his knee? Uh, every game since then, they've won two, three, four, five. They're five and one. Um, and they might even get him back before the season ends, going into the playoffs. And they've got Denver back to back, and they've got the Lakers, and they've got the Kings. Um, it would be nice to see it. It would be nice to see CJ get back on the court, get, you know, get his – but at the same time, he'll still have, you know, between um, the the time the season ends till until the playoffs start, he would still have four days to to get his conditioning and things like that. And he's probably already been doing that. He was taking shots, uh, going through shoot-around and stuff. So um, he's getting back into the swing of things, and so they may hold him off until the playoffs, or they might play in the last couple of games. Uh, just you know to get him back into into game action and 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 stuff, but regardless, Dame has been carrying these guys and his canter has stepped up big since uh, they lost Nurkic to that season ending injury, that compound leg fracture um, that he suffered horribly in, in that Brooklyn game. Um, but they've been playing really well. They've been they've been getting contributions from everyone. Evan Turner's got back to back games with a triple double. Um, so he's contributing that, you know, they're getting contributions from Jake Lehman, who's been shooting the ball much better lately. Uh, of course, Dame is Dame. Rodney Hood's been really good for them since they made the trade. Um, Myers Leonard has stepped up. Zach Collins has stepped up uh, in the absence of Nurkic. Uh, and that's going to be big. They're going to need that in the playoffs because I was just talking about how one of those guys may just fortunate, unfortunately miss being in, in that rotation. They lose Nurkic, and now they're probably going to have to throw both of them in that rotation. Um, Al Farouq Aminu, hes shooting the ball a lot better this year. Um, he's playing well. Mo Harkless has stepped up lately, so they're getting contributions from everyone, not just Dame. And that may be because they also were without CJ. Um, and so without CJ, now they're forced. Uh, everyone is forced to step their game up. And it's not—it's not just Dame and CJ carrying the team. It's now Dame and everybody else. You know, um, everybody else is pitching in, and that could help Portland, uh, who Charles Barkley thinks can make it to the to the NBA Finals. Um, that could help them. And then when you talk about a Utah team who arguably had one of the easier schedules, um, especially when you talked about being able to move up in the standings, uh, just the the schedule of games that they had left coming down the stretch, they had teams like the Hawks, the Suns, the Timberwolves, uh, the Grizzlies, the Knicks, they had teams who weren't even in their respective playoff races um, and Utah had must-win games and, and they beat Phoenix last night. And so, uh, all three times they played them over the last like month or so, they won those games. Um, you know, they slipped up against the Hawks, and I think they lost to Orlando. Um, but they beat other teams like the the Knicks. Uh, sorry, the, my neighbors upstairs are being really suspicious, um, and I just saw a scary movie over the weekend, and so it's got me like a little on edge. Uh, but I mean, this Utah team. Uh, Igor Kokoskov, the Phoenix Suns head coach, said he wouldn't be surprised to see this Utah team playing in the June uh, just because he thinks they have a similar makeup to uh, that 4 Pistons team that won the title in terms of uh, they don't have any, they don't have a ton of superstars, really, They're just a superstar talent. I mean, we know about Donovan Mitchell. Uh, he's obviously the star player of that team. But they've just got a bunch of guys who click and just play well together. They've got Ingles, who shoots the ball well from outside and defends the perimeter. They've got Jay Crowder. Shout out to Steven Gunner. He loves Jay Crowder for whatever reason. Uh, they've got go bear. They've got favors. They, you know, they trade for Corver Uh, he's, he provides scoring off the bench. He can shoot the three, Um, you know, so they, they I mean, they've got a good solid rotation. They've got guys, they'd get Rubio back Um, and if Rubio can stay healthy during their, pe- bleh, during their playoff run. He could, you know, he, he makes plays. Um, He can, he can score now for himself and he's okay. He's pretty okay defensively. So, uh, this Utah team could be a team to keep, you know, to keep watch for. And if the playoffs were to start today, we'd unfortunately get Portland versus Utah in the first round, which means that one of these teams uh, would be out of it. And then you've got the Clippers, you've got Oklahoma City, and you, then you got Sacramento or not Sacramento, San Antonio. Um, and really, San Antonio could be where the Clippers are by the you know by season's end, because two games only separate six from eight, and then they're only a half game back of the Thunder who really struggled. Uh, you know, they've re- they're 3-7 and seven in, the la- in their last 10. Uh, they, I mean, they've just they lost a ton of games down the stretch. Uh, but shout-out to Russ for that 2020 20 game the other night. Uh, he did it for Nipsey Hussle, um, who was killed over the weekend, uh, shot, shot and killed in, in L.A. Uh, so Russ, the first game after that, of course, goes 2020 20 um, in, in dedication. Um, and so, congratulations to Russ. Also, the first twenty 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 game since Wilt did it in the in the fifties or like the sixties. Um, I mean, it's incredible what this guy can do. Uh, whether you want to call it stat padding or whatever, Russ is just a freak of nature. He's just good at what he does. Um, he's on pace to to average another triple double uh, for the third for the third consecutive year. I mean, call it what you want, but he's just. I mean, like the guy just gets it done. He knows his way around the basketball court. Um, But nonetheless, this Thunder team's still slipping. And really for them, it wouldn't be the worst. I think it would be really bad for Golden State to have to draw potentially Oklahoma City and go through, you know, and play Houston in the same playoffs. I think that would be very bad for them if they had to play both of them um, because of the defensive challenge that Oklahoma City poses being able to guard Golden State with you know their different matchups and then also having offensive scores and talent on the you know on the other side of the court to be able to score with Golden State I think that would challenge I think that would be uh, a a six game a six game series maybe even seven in the first round and then you think about uh Golden State meeting Houston potentially uh in the what what was that in the Western Conference Finals, um, so having to play both teams, I think, would be a huge uh, challenge. It wouldn't be easy. Um, can the Warriors do it? Obviously, yes. They've got they've got two MVPs on their team. They've got a freaking team of all stars. Um, so yes, it's possible for them to do, but it's still not going to be easy. I mean, you think about going six with Oklahoma City, and then you turn around and then you know. You, you might you might might you might get a breather. You won't even get a breather with this, uh, with the winner of this Trailblazers Utah series because those teams are so tough. Um, you're having a, you're going you're going boom 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 with tough series, and then you meet Houston in the Western Conference Finals, and that's got that's going to be easy because you know what happened last year. If they have a healthy Chris Paul, and I know like if Golden State has a healthy Iguodala. We probably don't get the outcomes that we get, anyways. But still, nonetheless, if you get a healthy Chris Paul, we're probably talking about Houston going back to the going to the finals for the first time since ninety like 95, 94, something like that. Um, that's what we're talking about. Instead, uh, Chris Paul gets hurt, Golden State comes back, Houston misses the threes, and Golden State goes back to the finals. Um, and so that's what we're setting up for, and that's what we could get. Which would be entertaining, which would be fun. I mean, like, right? Like, no one wants it. I mean, I'm sure the majority of the world hates Golden State and they want them to lose. Well, if you want Golden State to lose, like, I would root for them having to play Oklahoma City, Portland slash Utah, and then Houston. That would be the best chance to either wear them down for the finals or for them to get knocked out. And then everybody can be happy. All the KD haters can you know, can, can tweet at them talking about how like, Oh, like you thought you were going to win every year, blah, 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 blah. Can, you know, everybody can tweet at Steph and and Clay and Draymond and, you know, tell the Warriors how much they hate them. Well, this is your, like, I would root. This is the scenario that I would root for. I would root for Oklahoma city to somehow fall to eighth, Um, you know, root, root for either Portland or Utah, you know, after that opening round series of golden state wins it and then root for the Rockets. That's what you, that's what you would do. That's the toughest road for them. That and that's the tough, in my opinion, that's the toughest road for them. Not even playing Denver is. The, I don't. I think Denver is susceptible to losing in that first round because they're so young and inexperienced. They don't have any playoff talent. I mean, experience. They've got Millsap, um, who has playoff experience, and then they uh, Isaiah Thomas. The only two guys. I thought Will Barnett been a part of a playoff team, uh, but he hasn't. Isaiah Thomas and Millsap. That's it. That's all they've got. Um, so I think they're susceptible. If, if they somehow make it that far and they play Golden State, I think that's a wash. I think that's a sweep. Um, uh, they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to match Golden State's playoff intensity uh, if they get that far. So that's just my opinion. But when you look at who the Spurs have left, they've got Washington, Cleveland, and Dallas. Pretty easy, but not that easy. Oklahoma City. They've got Detroit, Minnesota, Houston, and Milwaukee. So it's possible that they could lose this Houston game. They could even lose this Detroit game, and they could lose this Milwaukee game. Milwaukee might be resting players, but they could still lose it, and they might even lose this Timberwolves game. So they could lose any of these four games, or multiple of these four games, and be in that eighth spot. And then you could get the Oklahoma City Golden State matchup. Uh, you've got the Clippers. And they've got, who we don't talk about enough, the first team to win, or in a second I'll read it to you, but they've got the they've got the Lakers, they've got the Warriors, and they've got the Jazz left. Um, so pretty tough. Pretty, pretty tough for those guys. Uh, but the Clippers, the first team to win, what is it like, uh, 47 or more games, or like 48 games, yeah. Um, yeah, the first team to win like 47 more games without having an like a previous All-Star on or MVP on their roster since... Uh, actually, Phoenix did it in 2013-14. That team won 48 games, and that's the year that Phoenix won 48 and missed the playoffs, um, I believe. And let's see. Uh, it's only been done five other times, and now... This year's Clippers team makes six. They don't have any. They don't have any pre-existing All Star uh, or MVP on their roster. Lou Williams is probably going to be six man of the year. Um, so they do have that, but they don't have any All Stars. And all they do is just go out and hoop and, and play basketball and and they win. Um, they they're tough. They're going to be a tough out when the playoffs start. They're going to be tough for that. You know, for a Houston Rockets team in that opening round series because they score the basketball, they play good defense. Um, Shai Gilgis Alexander has been a, a sensational rookie. Gallinari has been shooting the ball well. Of course, they trade away, you know, Boban and Tobias Harris, but they, they got really good returns uh, in that trade. Montrezl Harrell has been playing really, really well. Um, so Doc's got these guys in L.A., playing like they're the better la team um which i mean in record they are the better la team and maybe even on the court they're the better la team i don't know uh but that's just how they've been playing so um that's what you got i mean in the western conference it's it's not gonna be easy for any of these teams it's gonna be tough it's gonna be it's gonna be a knife fight uh, it's gonna no, It's gonna be a fight with with sledgehammers, really. That's what it's gonna be. Especially if, if Oklahoma City falls to eight, and then you've got you would have tough matchups across the board because you would have Golden State, Oklahoma City. You would have Denver, San Antonio. You would have Houston, LA, and then you would have Portland and Utah. Those are sledgehammer fights. They're not easy uh, for any of these teams, and none of these teams are gonna sweep. I guarantee, I guarantee you, if you end up with Oklahoma City at 8 and you get San Antonio at 7, even probably if San Antonio stays at, at 8, and you get, I don't think Golden State sweeps San Antonio. I think they have too much pride. They have too, you know, Pop is, not he's not going to let that happen. But certainly if Oklahoma City falls at 8, it's going to be a sledgehammer fight between all of these, all of these matchups. It's not going to be easy. No one is coming out of the first run unscathed. In in the Western Conference, in the Eastern Conference, it's probably different. Milwaukee probably sweeps whoever whoever just whoever is just happy to be in the playoffs at eight. Uh, Toronto probably sweeps whoever's at seven, and then it maybe gets a little tricky between three and six. And then Boston Indiana is probably not going to be a sweep, um, but that's it. So you probably get two you get two sweeps in the first round in the Eastern Conference, and then the other two ra- the other two matchups are iffy or so so. Um, But that's what I love, though. I would love to see a Western Conference where nobody comes out, where no one sweeps. That would be so entertaining. Think about it. What if Golden State ends up being on the the opposite end of what they did about 10 years ago when they were in eight seed and they beat the Mavericks in the first round? What if they end up being on the the opposite end of that this year? How great would that be? Um, A ton of people would love it. But just in terms of just of basketball, pure basketball, you know how how well the Thunder would have to play and click, and they have the ability to do it. How well they would have to play and click to do that to a Golden State or San Antonio, with with De, with Demar, uh, and Lamarcus Aldridge and Brent Forbes and Derek White and Bellinelli. how well they would have to play to do that to beat a Golden State team in seven games in the first round uh, of the playoffs. That would be incredible. A team who's 14 and 25 on the road and 31 and 9 at home on the season under Greg Popovich in the playoffs for like the 1 billionth year in a row. We think it's the end. We think they're on the decline. But all of a sudden they're back. That would be that would be fantastic. But that's what you could get in the West. So sign me up for it. That's all I got. Sign me up for it. I'm sign me up for it. I'm here. April 14th. I'm ready for you. April, f- It's 10 days away. Literally next weekend. So once we get past this weekend, next weekend, the playoffs start. I'm so happy and excited. I'm so happy and excited. Please, somebody, let's start the playoffs already. Uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to wrap this episode up. Uh, so more check the scoreboard coming up after this. <laughs> All right, this is the final segment here. We're just gonna wrap this thing up. Um, we've got the final four coming up in both the men's and women's uh, NCAA tournaments. <clears throat> Excuse me. In the men's bracket, we've got Auburn, Virginia. We've got Michigan State, Texas Tech. Uh, Michigan State be my my Duke Blue Devils. Um, uh, it was it was bittersweet because I root for Coach Izzo and and I have so much respect for him and and that Michigan and his you know that Michigan State program. Um, and that's stat about him only being coach k once uh, in like 12 tries or whatever. I mean you just knew he was gonna get a second win and and before the tournament started, I knew that if Duke met Michigan State in that final four or in that elite eight um that was a losable game and and Duke had gotten everyone's best up to that point and and deservingly so and rightfully so and and that team of, of freshmen and and guys had, had done so well to get that far. I'm extremely happy to be a duke fan and to to root for a duke team and and i have been since i was uh six or seven years old and um yeah this team made me want to pull my hair out um but i mean it was so much fun to watch this these guys and so much respect to coach izzo and and the final four is really matched up to be to be ecstatic to be really good i think that auburn matches up well with any of these teams i think if you could have put auburn in any any side of the you know of the tournament bracket, they probably still get to the final four because uh, I mean, by the, at this point in time, th- there is no fluke. Um, the way they shoot the ball, they lead the country in threes with over four hundred made. N- no other team even sniffs that that mark. Um, I mean, at this, I mean, it's like it's like with this with the Warriors with Steph and Clay. I mean, like there's no fluke. There's no there's no fluke about how they make. Well, there is a fluke with Steph now admitting that like he he's he's wearing contacts now and can finally see the freaking rim, and you wonder like how did he make like four hundred threes a couple of years ago? Well, it's no fluke that these guys just do they they get their shots up every day. Uh, Bryce Brown, Auburn's best player, gets in the gym every single day uh, and takes like a bajillion shots. I mean, like they work their butts off to get to this point. And I think they match up well to just really shoot Virginia out of the gym. I called the Kansas game, and then I said I thought that if they could get by North Carolina, um, I thought you know that North Carolina game was going to be tough for them. But I thought if they got by that game, that they matched up well against uh, Kentucky or and then, and then like the Virginia-Purdue winner. And they get to Kentucky, and they, they come back. Um, and then, you know, now they're up against Virginia and I think they're going to, I think they're going to shoot Virginia out of the gym or out of the stadium rather since they're playing in a football stadium. I still hate that, that they play the final fours inside a football stadium is completely bogus to me. That's so dumb. I mean, the Timberwolves don't have anything to play for. You might as just let them, play. <laughs> just let them play in that, you know, at the target, at the target center. But, um, Man, what a if Auburn gets to the national championship game, what a what a scene that would be, huh? Um, And then, I mean, Michigan State, incredible. Texas Tech, incredible. Virginia, incredible. Virginia, the only one seed to make it this far, you know, this year. So, I mean, still respect to them. They shoot the ball well. Um, Who knows? They could they could pose to be a challenge for Auburn. Um, without Chuma inside down low, I mean, Virginia is a little bit undersized in terms of just. They, they have the tall guys, but they don't have, like, they're not filled out um, in terms of just muscle muscle size. They have one guy who's probably big enough to bang down low and get rebounds for, for Virginia. Um, but, you know, stopping Auburn is going to be about getting back in transition, uh, transition defense, and then, you know, making sure that your communications on their screen and rolls are, are up to par you know north carolina didn't communicate well and that's why they got shot out of the gym that's why they got beat by 17 because their lack of communication on those screen and rolls you know at times they thought they were switching at other times they thought they were staying and auburn ended up with a ton of open threes and you can't give them that um, north you know with with kentucky it's just that kentucky just wasn't built for it they just weren't a three point shooting team um, they did well enough to hang around the first half and then the second half they couldn't buy a three They couldn't. They couldn't. They literally couldn't make an open three, Um, and that game still went into overtime. But uh, Virginia, they've got to play airtight defense. They can't give them any space to get the ball up. Um, And then that Michigan State game, that Texas Tech game, it's going to be a good one, I think. Uh, Texas Tech can shoot the ball well. Michigan State, they've got experience, and it's going to be interesting to see how that experience comes out. You know how Michigan State plays. Uh, because Izzo is good at keeping guys for four years and he's good at getting commitment from these guys for four years. Um, It's just that he's just never been fortunate to just get this far or he's not or often, often enough, he's not fortunate enough to get this far. And so now he's here um, and I'm, you know, I'm rooting for coach Izzo. I would love to see Michigan state win the national championship, not just because they beat Duke, but um, I have so much respect for coach, for coach Tom. Uh, for Coach Tom Izzo and that Michigan State program that uh, if, if any of these four teams were to win it, it would be fantastic, um, especially living in Alabama. It would be obviously great for Auburn to win it because hoops is not a thing that we do here. We we usually talk about Alabama or Auburn football and, and national championships, and even baseball we're talking about. We're starting to talk about more now um, with with Auburn and, and Alabama uh, but we don't talk about hoops here in the state of Alabama. Uh, we're in, we're not a basketball state. Um, yeah, we we put out guys like Charles Barkley and DeMarcus Cousins and Eric Bledsoe, but who are grown, you know, homegrown uh, from the state. But but in terms of college ball, like we don't really we don't talk about we don't talk about that here. Uh, we don't we don't do basketball here per se. And Bruce Pearl. has has put this Auburn team on the map. Um, And my Troy Trojans, you know, made the tournament a couple of years ago, uh, my senior year of college. uh, But other than that, like, basketball is not a thing that we do here. And so for Auburn to make it this far, and if they get to the championship game, I think they match up well against Texas Tech. Uh, That would be a great matchup. But if Michigan State gets there, we'll see. We'll see how the experience of Michigan State does against the experience of Auburn. uh, Because they're two different – they're two different – uh, experiences. Auburn doesn't have a single All-American on their team. Michigan State, tons of high school All-Americans and, and guys who are who were named All-Americans in college. You know, those are different types of experiences um, that will we would have clash. So, really, you know, excited to see that. And then on the women's side, I spent t- I spent way too much time on the men's bracket. On the women's side, you've got um, you've got Oregon, Notre Dame, and then you've got uh, UConn. And no, you've got Oregon and Baylor, and then you've got UConn and Notre Dame. So you've got the iconic. You've got the Big Three in Notre Dame, Baylor, and UConn. UConn's a two seed, uh, surprise, surprise. And then you've got Oregon. I love this Oregon team. I love watching Sabrina Ionescu play. Uh, she's got like twenty career triple doubles, uh, you know, at the college level, and she's going to be a force to be reckoned with when she gets to the WNBA. I think she's the best player in college basketball. Um, and she should win the Wooden Award, or the equivalent of the Wooden Award. Um, but she's so freaking good, and that Oregon team is good, and that Oregon team can score the best. They can shoot that thing. They can shoot it. Um, of course, you know about Baylor, and you know about Notre Dame. Uh, those teams are, you know. I actually picked. This was my final four that I picked, and I've got Oregon going to the championship game, and I've got them beating UConn in the championship game. And I know UConn's a two seed, but. Uh, you know, they've only lost two games. So I guess like to them, like it's been a down year. Um, But man, I would love to see that Oregon team win it all. Uh, I just think, I just think it would be, I mean, Sabrina, for, you know, for Sabrina to do the things that she does and to have other players like Ruthie on her team and um, just the way that they play, I think it would be, it would just, it would be great. Um, So, but, that that those are my predictions. I guess I'll go Auburn and Michigan State in the championship game on Monday night. Um and then I'll go I think Auburn has enough to win it all, but I'm gonna go uh Michigan State. I think I think Michigan State probably I think this is where I think Michigan State would be where Auburn hits their brick wall in terms of a team who can properly defend them while also being able to score. I think that's what we would see from Michigan State. Auburn riding a 12-game winning streak. Probably, probably going to turn it into thirteen on Saturday against Virginia. I think Virginia is just too structured. I don't think they know how to play with this amorphous Auburn team. But I think Michigan State will, uh, will figure it out. Um, and then uh, I've got Oregon over UConn in the women's national championship. So, but those are my picks. Uh, and that's going to wrap up episode thirty-one here. Thank you all for tuning in weekly. Check scoreboard blog is done well. I'm coming out with another post very soon once I remember what I was going to write about, I've got to write it down. <laughs> um, but uh, thank you all so much for tuning in and the support that you guys show on the, on the weekly basis. Um, and I look forward to uh, speaking with you guys this time next week, talking about the regular season and wrapping it up and then jumping into playoffs. So uh, that's going to do it for episode 31. I check the scoreboard, man, everyone have a wonderful weekend. Uh, be safe. Um, if you're going to watch any, you know, to any of the watch parties, Be safe. You know, if you're going to be drinking, make sure you have a designated driver, make sure you get an Uber driver or whatever, just get home safely. Um, You know, have a, have a, have a close point of contact, someone who you can get in contact with and and who knows where you are. Um, If you're traveling anywhere else, just just be safe on the roads, you know, things like that. Um, But have a good weekend, man. I'll see you guys next week.